Welcome to the Empowered You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Espino, a former licensed social worker turned spiritual empowerment coach and transformational speaker. And I am on a mission to help you rediscover who you truly are on a soul level so you can create the life you truly desire and make the impact that only you were born to make. This unfiltered podcast is your weekly Espino Espresso shot of empowerment, information, strategies, incredible guests, fun, and so much more all geared towards helping you believe with pure conviction that you are more than enough and have the power and abilities within you to make your dreams and desires a reality. Because let me tell you, sunshine, the world needs you. Now let's get this party started. Welcome back, sunshines, to another episode of the Empowered You Podcast. Bow, bow, bow. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I know I say this in almost every episode, but I say this because I truly believe it with every fiber of my being. And that is, there is no coincidence. You were meant to listen to this episode. You were meant to listen today to today's guest. I believe that with every fiber of my being. So I'm so excited. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I'm fired up to bring to you today's guest, Miss Tessie Tracy. Bow, bow, bow. She is a certified eating psychology and behavioral health coach and creator of the Happy Goal Method, helping people overcome food and body challenges to create sustainable, healthy habits with eating, exercise, body image, and mindset. She has an award-winning blog at tessietracy.com and has been featured as a wellness expert on so many media platforms such as BuzzFeed, US Today College, The Washington Post, and so many more. She's also facilitated corporate workshops for organizations like Bank of America and George Washington University and so many other places. She's absolutely phenomenal. She's so incredible. And that's why I'm so freaking fired up and excited that I have collaborated with Tessie Tracy and Carla Romo, who was our last podcast podcast guest on the Level Up Your Life During COVID virtual event that is going up Saturday, October 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is going to be an incredible event. It is for all the people that identify as being a woman. And we're gonna, you're gonna leave with literally everything. So I'm gonna be facilitating inner child healing. We're gonna do an inner child healing meditation at the end. I'm gonna be sharing why inner child healing is so incredibly important. Tools that you can implement immediately to start connecting and healing your inner child. Carla is going to be talking about how you can create and cultivate thriving connection and relationships, regardless if you're single, dating, or in a relationship. And Tessie is going to be talking about body confidence and how to really love yourself in in the skin that you're in here and now. And I know, you all know, if you've been riding with me for you know, the beginning of Empowered You, you know, I've had my struggles and my challenges with yo-yo eating and I mean, yo-yo dieting and uh, my relationship with food and body image. And that's something I'm really, really working on. And I'm really working on healing, especially now. That's like very much my focus. When I turned 30, I was like, all right, you know, I'm really focusing. My intention is to really heal my relationship with food and really love myself in the here and now. So I'm so freaking excited for this collaboration because I know that it's all related to inner child healing. Inner child healing literally affects every area of your life. So the inner child heal the inner child wounds are affecting your ability to have 
thriving connection and relationship. It's affecting your ability to love yourself in your body and accept yourself and have a healthy relationship with food. It's affecting all these different areas. But the thing is, it's so subconscious, you don't even recognize. So this virtual event is really going to bring everything to your awareness. You're going to leave with such incredible tools. It's going to be such a beautiful sense of sisterhood and connection and community, which we all need. And regardless of wherever you are on the, in the world, you can attend as long as you identify as a woman, it's for you. So the show, the link to sign up and, oh, I, I missed the best part. We wanted it to be as accessible as possible to anyone and everyone who identifies as a woman, which is why we made the tickets pay what you can. So it's donation-based tickets. You can literally spend $1 and be a part of this event. So definitely check the link in the show notes. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be so powerful. And for today, you're going to get a taste of what Tessie is going to bring to that virtual event. And she's so incredible. She talks about her own journey. We talk about, um, well, she, she slays some toxic beliefs around food and body and myths that we all subscribe to or we may subscribe to she really breaks it down for us and she really helps us learn how to start loving ourselves in the here and now while working towards whatever goal you may have with weight with your body and it's just incredible it's a great conversation i'm so excited i had it with tessie and you are going to absolutely love tessie like i do i'm so grateful that i've connected with her and that we're bringing you this incredible events, which level up and we titled it level up because we know despite everything that's going on in the world today, spirit is asking us to step up, to expand, to evolve, to get uncomfortable, to do this healing work. So this virtual event is literally going to be everything you didn't even know you needed and more. And I'm so excited. Honestly, if I wasn't facilitating, I would be participating. Uh, well, I'm still going to participate, obviously, in Tessie's workshop and Carla's, but it's just going to be incredible. So check the show notes, check the show notes to connect with Tessie and all that good stuff. And without further ado, let's get this party started in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, Tessie Tracy, to the Empowered You podcast. Yay! So happy to be here. I am so happy. And I know I mentioned this before, but I freaking love your name. It is such a name that is like a star name, like, like Hollywood, like Tessie Tracy. It's such a powerful name. Thank you. I've gotten that my whole life. Like, oh, that's like a movie star name or whatever. And it's funny because I actually recently got married and I haven't changed my name yet. And professionally, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. um, but it's fun. like we had the whole conversation and Bruce, my husband, he's like, I don't care if you changed your name. Like, uh, you're mine anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Good for you. I was actually going to ask you because I know you just recently got married. So congratulations on that. But I'm so good for you to be like, no, this is my, this is my brand. I am my brand. I'm not changing that. Um, I love that. I love that so much. So Tessie, can you share with the listeners who you are and like, who do you serve at this time? Yeah. So I am a certified eating psychology and mind body nutrition coach. And I work a lot with young professional women who are kind of like into the workforce and struggling with a new busy lifestyle of like, Hey, I, you know, lost a bunch of habits that I, or I'm really struggling now to fit everything in with like, food and my movement and my mindset. And you know what? I've had actually this body image thing like since I was young that I've never dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of things like that. I've had men come into my universe as well. And I actually love speaking into 
body image challenges that men can face because I think it's, there's not always like the ready support that's out there or like a space for them to share that they are dealing with something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love to create that space as well. Um, but my main, the main people I work with is women and the main challenges are like, okay, I'm struggling with emotional eating, mm. overeating. Sometimes it's a binge eating behavior or not feeling like they can ever get consistent with food and fitness. So we work on that transformational side of like healing relationship to food and body. And then the practical side of like, cool, like what are, what are your actual habits and how can we start to take some baby steps towards where you want to be? So powerful. And honestly, your work, I respect it so much and it's so needed. I mean, everyone who listens knows, like if they've been rocking with me for the beginning of Empowered You podcast, that this is something, my relationship with food is something I've been working on and I'm convinced, I know, I have true faith that I will overcome in this lifetime. I will heal it. And I just feel like there's so much, there's such a need for what you do with how the media is and society and our and culture and upbringing. And so I really appreciate you showing up and answering the call. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. And it's like the thing I, and just to speak into that for like a second is like, I love, first of all, that you say like, I have complete faith that I will overcome it. Like that's actually a really important step and it helps us have like a, a self-compassion for knowing that like, hey, yeah, I might have three friends that for whatever reason changed overnight and were like, oh yeah, I no longer eat sugar. Like, and it was just that easy for them or whatever. And then it can leave us who feel like we're really struggling with feeling like, oh, well, I'm bad. I'm never going to get over this. And it's going to be this lifelong struggle. Whereas, you know, every challenge is here also as a teacher and as a gift. So the more we can embrace it even when we feel like we're in the depth of the challenge mm -hmm. the faster we'll actually start to feel like we're moving forward i love that you said that and i can't wait to dig into that but before we go there i would love to know how this even came to reality like how did this work choose you yeah it's it's that it's so funny to think too because it's not like it was something you know when i was young like oh i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna coach people with food and body so mm -hmm. uh growing up i actually was always an athlete and always you know very active um i had a traumatic event in high school i actually lost someone very close to me so i was like 17 he was my former boyfriend and still just best friend he was going off to college and yeah and it was like it was it was such a pivotal time because i grew up in like small town colorado so everyone already knew everyone people knew of like mine and his relationship and then you know he also had like other former girlfriends who were just like hit with this loss and there were like it was a what came to be is i had tried going to therapy so i was going into my senior year of high school i tried going to therapy again small town i'm i'm for therapy and and for mm -hmm. seeking whatever type of help is going to resonate with you mm -hmm. um that particular moment in time i like had gone to the same therapist that one of his other girlfriends was going to and she, like the therapist actually she did something she probably shouldn't have done and she asked me some question like so do you think Cody would have been a police officer as well and I knew that 
the girl who he was dating, her dad was a police officer. And I knew that that question actually came from a session she had with that chick. And I was really sensitive because that chick was making a big deal about his death. But I knew like, it was like this whole, just a complicated situation for a 17 year old to be going through. Yeah. So I stopped therapy. I stopped asking for help. And what became my coping mechanism was kind of waking up like late at night and I would go in the freezer and I would just start eating these like bonbon ice cream things that my mom would get. And they were, I mean, they were delicious, Mm -hmm. but the weird thing was, is like, then I would, it would be the next morning and I could like look in the trash and I'd be like, there was like the whole box, Mm -hmm. right. To where, so that's a, a distinction I make between like, there's a difference between emotional eating and like binge eating. A binge episode is like you you actually kind of go out of your body and you don't realize how much you're eating. You're just like zoned out and they can both be coping mechanisms. Um, whereas overeating is we're usually aware, like maybe I'm emotionally eating a little bit or, but we're still present. We're still in our body and we're just like, yeah, I'm going to be like really full after this, or, you know, I'm eating a little more and then, and it's going to be uncomfortable later. Um, so binge eating is kind of like what, what happened to me. And I didn't have a label for that until a lot later. So fast forward through college, I kind of, you know, healed from that trauma, you know, did the work, felt like I was moving forward in life, but the behavior stuck where every time I got stressed, every time finals came up or something else was happening in a relationship where I was feeling anxious, I would kind of be turning to food. And maybe it wasn't always like a binge eating episode or something, but it was the emotional eating, stress eating, and it felt like something I couldn't control. So that all culminated when uh, after college, I had what I call sports withdrawals, where I had had a coach telling me what to do since I started gymnastics when I was four. And here I was at like 24, like a year or two out of college and felt like, just like, I, you know, I need to do something athletic. So I actually had always been told, oh, you'd be good at doing bodybuilding um, based on your figure, right? It's all about like looks. Um, So I hired bodybuilding coaches. I trained for four months. And while I was really proud of myself from the athletic standpoint of, you know, having the discipline, sticking to my workouts. Like it was a sport for me in that way, where it was fun to like see progress and see my strength. And I got to the point where I could do like 10 pull-ups. Um, and I have a heart, I have a congenital heart condition and I was running faster than I'd ever ran in my life. So there were moments where I was really proud, but about Two to three weeks before my show, I was so carb depleted that I was in this really, really bad headspace. I was crying every day. I had lost my period because I didn't have enough fat on my body. I had a really, really bad body image where I literally thought I looked fat the day of my show. And I had this, I didn't want to take my warm ups off because I was just looking at all the other girls like, oh, I don't look as good as her. I don't look as good as her. And I won the entire show. Wow. That just goes to show you like, and it's my, we're all different, but to me, it really represented the availability that when we start to focus on numbers, when we start to focus on restriction, when we start to focus on physical results, it can be a snowball effect that takes us into a point of obsession and into a point of self-judgment to where I describe that day on stage as the unhealthiest day of my life. 
even though I was being like, you know, judged as healthy. So that was the big culmination. And then after the show, not knowing how to get off my diet, my coaches had like a family emergency where they couldn't really be there to answer some of my questions. And then I was physiologically starving um, from the restrictive diet. And then my emotional side was still there. So I went back into depression, back into some binge eating, gained the weight, felt just like so bad for years. And then once I found eating psychology and went through that training and started to understand what I was actually like going through, not only back in high school was when I started to have, you know, more realization of what that whole experience was for me. Um, but it allowed me to implement the tools and the compassion to literally be at a point now where I don't diet. I I feel balanced with my weight. I feel, yes, I'll, I still have my own things where I feel like I can be more consistent with my workouts and like, you know, different healthy eating and things like that. Um, but I'm definitely at a point where, you know, even five years ago, I, I would have been like, is that possible to like not freak out about food or whatever? Wow, Tessie. Oh my God. As you were speaking, like I felt it in my heart. Like my heart chakra was like the pain, like especially after that show, like your bot, your hormones all messed up. I'm sure you were starving, binge eating and gaining the weight. Like, oh my God, my heart, re like I resonate so much with that. I mean, not to the extreme of like a show, but like I did this crazy, like 40 day detox and um, oh my God, the binge eating. And then the like, oh God, it was such a mind fuck because it's like, I saw myself so much quote unquote thinner and I was loving it. And then I gained it all back. And then I felt like a failure, disappointed and all these things. So I can only imagine. And you said years afterwards, like, I can't imagine how that must have been for you, but I'm curious how eating psychology, how it came to reality, because that's what I call a divine intervention. And I'm just, if there's any, like, I'm just, is there a story to that? So it actually was trying to like knock on my door for a really long time before I listened, I think. So it was actually a part of, I actually was going to a therapist I loved in college. I went to University of Colorado um, at Boulder and was working through some of the Cody stuff and some of the food stuff was coming up with that. And the woman who was my therapist knew Mark David, who's the founder of the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, because it's it's a it's an online certification, but they're headquartered in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And uh so that was literally in my universe before I even did the bodybuilding show. Wow. <laughs> so I knew about this teaching, I knew about the certification. And she said to me, literally, I was her client and she was like, I think you would be like a really good practitioner for other people with like food and body stuff. So that was like a seed. And you know, it took my own, I, I don't regret doing the show because first I am the type of person that sometimes I need to learn lessons, you know, my own way. And I think, I think we all do. Mm -hmm. And, and then it was after that. So I had actually moved out of Colorado to LA. I was pursuing acting, modeling, trying to be, make that Tessie Tracy name, the famous name. So I was doing like commercial acting, hip hop dancing, but that was also when I found like CrossFit and was competing in that. And I was a uh, personal training and I started to fall in love with like the health industry and getting such an eye opener of other people who 
didn't grow up as athletes and didn't grow up moving their bodies. So I found a lot of joy in like helping others. And then it also, as I was that professional came to pass where it was like, Oh, you know, everyone is getting these same messages, like lose 10 pounds in 10 days. And like, Oh, come work with a personal trainer. Cause I need to like look good for this day or whatever. And there was just something in me, especially with my own struggles where I was like, there has to be another way. There has to be another like goal. And that's when as a, a personal trainer and a fitness coach, I was like, I want to help people in a, in a more transformational way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally just started, you know, going back into like looking up the Institute for the psychology of eating and decided to get certified. And that's when like, I ended up getting more out of it personally than I would have expected. And I like, it's really created the foundation for everything. Like I feel like I'll help people with moving forward. Wow. Oh my God. So powerful. And I love, I love the story of how the seed was planted. And when the time was right for you, divine timing, you just knew to like look into that. And oh, that is so powerful. So I am curious. All right. Where should we start? There's so much on my mind. Like I'm like, hmm, where should we start? Um, Okay. So I really want to talk. Okay. Let's start here. Okay, what are some common indicators? Because I feel like so, a lot of people struggle with disordered eating or um, like comparing themselves to other people and dis- like a, body image issues, body dysmorphia. I know like all these things that I feel some people are truly fully aware. They're like, I 100% recognize that I have a problem that I need to work on this. And I feel other people don't recognize that maybe weighing themselves every single day is a sign. So can you share with us some just common signs or indicators that maybe like working on this would be a priority for someone? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's a great distinction where it's like there we're all we're all in different places of our journey with feeling like, hmm, I maybe have, you know, something with my relationship to food and body that I want to work on versus being at a point where maybe maybe we're not even aware that that would be supportive for us yet uh, or at this point. So the first thing I, I want to, that's coming to me is that it's just like money and sleep and relationship or like love life. We have an involuntary relationship with all of these things that we need as humans, like sleep, you know, all these things, they're all in our, or, or money, whatever. Right. So the same thing is with food. So we all have some sort of relationship with food because we can't live without it. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's different for all of us. And I think the way that it depends on how we were raised a lot of the times, it depends on, you know, our social environment and a lot of the conditioning that we're fed. So a lot of us, I think, grow up thinking that it's, absolutely normal and it's just what everyone does to be concerned every day so these are going to be some of the indicators if you're concerned every day about your weight mm. if you're if you have any sort of food guilt on a regular basis that is not normal uh or it's it might be normal um but there is a possibility for feeling more freedom around food um if if uh if you're always kind of 
looking up like a fad diet or something like that. If you find that you're always falling into comparison mm. with other body types, um, which I know a lot of this too, it's like, again, it's in our face. It's so much easier said than done to just not, you know, not like, oh, just stop doing that. So I don't want any of these to sound like that. I just want these to be uh, awareness markers of like, oh, wow, I do do that. Like, I didn't even know that was not normal. Um, there's some, some things that I would actually put in this category are that I love to speak into are what I call toxic beliefs mm. around food and body. So sometimes we walk around with these beliefs or equations that we hold as true. One of them being calories in versus calories out equals weight control. Mm, yes. Speak on this. Speak on this. That's such a myth, With, right? Oh, I could talk. I could probably do a whole episode on the BS of calories. Okay. <laughs> so it is a myth. Wow. So a lot of times that's someone's first approach. First of all, if, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, okay, well, how, if I feel like my body has weight to lose, that's, that's kind of, that's an individual thing that's different than someone walking around feeling like they're always obsessed about the last five or 10 pounds. To be very frank, if that's you, you probably don't even need to lose weight. Maybe even 15 pounds. That's more of like, you can work on your body image. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some of us who we've had a life event. We've had a change of job, a change of relationship status. We're stressed out about the environment that the world is in right now. Mm -hmm. And we've actually noticed like, hey, nothing else too much changed, but I've all of a sudden over a few months or six months or a year, I've gained like 20 pounds and there's, you know, this doesn't even feel like my body. So that's more of an indicator of actually being like, Hey, maybe my body has weight to lose. So if that's you and you're feeling like, well, shouldn't I just start, you know, exercising more and like decreasing my calories. So a few reasons this, this is a myth is that even if it can produce something like short-term results, like when you did the 40-day cleanse, right? That actually was, it's our body's will uh, probably adjust. But there's so many factors that aren't taken into account, like our mindset and our habits and what we're going to be comfortable going back to where, you know, we have grit as humans. We can do anything for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 days, even, you know, months at a time. Um, but if it's not something that's going to feel even somewhat sustainable for us moving on, our body is going to bounce back. So with calorie restriction, one reason that doesn't work in the long term is because we're not working on the actual issue of our relationship to food. And maybe it was that because of that life event, we started turning to food mm -hmm. for emotional reasons, or we're just, we're not educated around like maybe some switches of higher quality food that we could be eating that process better in our body. So there's a bunch of different factors, but calories as well. When we focus on calories, there's something that a lot of people don't know, which is there can be non-caloric weight gain, which means someone can be eating the exact same. They can be working out the exact same as they were and all of a sudden, and maybe it's a stress thing. 
or a hormone thing or an emotional thing. And all of a sudden they're taking on what I call emotional weight. Um, so this is, this very much plays into that, the mind, body, and the spiritual side of like how our emotional environment can be represented physically, right? So uh, sometimes people going through forgiveness exercises, they don't change anything in their calories. They start to work through some forgiveness in their life, or they have tough conversations to heal relationships, or they actually uh, start to do some, they start to do exercises where they become more positive in their body image and they take on what seemed like really scary practices, like buying new clothes at the body size that they are now. I give that exercise a lot um, to start to feel attractive and sexy now mm. and all of a sudden weight releases you know and and it doesn't it doesn't always happen i'm never going to promise weight release from mm -hmm. from anyone because our body knows best our body has its own wisdom and if it's still holding on to it it's just about continuing to get curious and experiment mm -hmm. um but that's one thing with calories is to know that it's possible that there's such thing as non-caloric weight gain and there's also non-caloric change weight loss that can happen the other thing is that even packaged, uh, so two more things on calories, and then I'll move on to another toxic belief. Um, I love so, it. <laughs> this is great. No, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so the, the other thing with calories is some of our packaged foods. So calorie really just means it's the amount of energy it takes for something to to burn, right? Oh. So even like everything, like solid things are like, can have a caloric value, right? That it would like, the more solid it is usually like the higher calories. So it's the amount of energy that it takes to burn something. So, um, so some of our packaged foods, right? When someone makes like a protein bar or something and says, Oh, this has this many calories, right? Um, it's not, Oh, this is going to freak some people out, but it's not always accurate. Mm. So a packaged food, like if you're counting calories, like honestly can be off by a couple hundred calories. Wow. And, yeah. And so calories, like there's better markers. If you are looking to like, be like, Hey, I need to just try and create some sort of structure. I am trying to like balance my weight or whatever. All I know to do is count calories. So it's, you know, eating regular meals is, and eating actually enough is more important than like counting all the calories, right? Macronutrient balance, making sure you're getting some protein, fat, and carbs at every meal and like as many whole foods as possible is a way better approach than starting by counting calories. Mm -hmm. And so they can be off a little bit. And then the same, so the, the, real kicker with calories is that the way our human metabolism works, it's kind of like our sleep wake cycle where we wake up in the morning, our body's like ready to burn energy, ready to wake up. Uh, about midday it peaks where actually if we we're at our highest like calorie burning capacity and like our metabolism is peaked at, at like midday when the sun is highest in the sky. And then We've probably heard something along these lines, but as we get closer to bed, our metabolism slows down. Our body doesn't, isn't really uh, focused on digesting or metabolizing food through the night. It wants to detox. It wants to muscle repair. It wants to reset and refresh. So if there's food sitting in our stomach, we can wake up groggy. We can start to gain weight. It can uh, imbalance our appetite and our hormones. So the, the, the sleep-wake cycle, that's what works with calories as well. And the, 
the analogy I give with this is eating like a 90 calorie apple in the morning. Your body is going to use that energy throughout the day. If you eat that same, same amount of calories, 90 calorie apple, like in the middle of the night, your body might hold on to it a little more or process it a little slower or metabolize it a little slower. Mm. And again, we're all biologically different and some two people might, you know, someone can't eat an apple in the middle of the night, right? They might be the, the anomaly um, where, and, and it won't affect their weight at all. Uh, and the rest of us are like, darn you, how is that happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we feel it's a real struggle for us. Um, but that's, those are just some things with calories that I think we're definitely not taught. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, they're definitely these toxic beliefs that are fed by like the diet industry and and the weight loss industry that are, are things that actually aren't a sustainable answer. Okay, babe, you inspired me. Now I have two other like um, statements that I want to know your take on it, if they're myths or not. <laughs> you totally inspired me. Okay, this whole idea of not eating after 8 p.m. Oprah said it years ago. Is this true or false? <sighs> If I had to give one answer, I would say false. Really? Wow, yes. I'm shocked. Okay, your perspective. Okay. So, so the the after 8 p.m. thing, I'll say this, where it's like, yes, and when we're going into the evening and into the night, our, like I said, our body is going to be set up more optimally where it's going to want to detox. It's going to want to focus on uh, cell repair, muscle repair. Uh, the, the caveat that I would give would be an individual question where I would ask someone what, like if they have a complaint around energy or weight or, uh, or not feeling hungry in the morning or waking up feeling groggy or foggy brained, then I would say, are you, I would ask, are you eating, you know, after 8 PM and to experiment for at least three weeks of, of trying to eat your last meal before then. Mm. So if you're, if you're struggling with weight, if you're struggling with waking up groggy, not feeling hungry when you wake up, or you have some brain fog, that would be one of potentially a few different things to try. Mm. Um, but that could definitely be one thing to set you up to sleep better, to wake up more energized, to wake up feeling ready for the day, a little more clear headed. Um, But if you're not struggling with any of those things, you don't need to start freaking out like, I need to not eat before 8 p.m. Because if if you don't have a a complaint around one of those things or you don't feel like that's a challenge and really it's going to be more inconvenient for you to try and move your dinner earlier. I know a lot of people like work later or like, my husband, like he doesn't get home from work until like after seven thirty, and like we eat together after that, like eight thirty mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so us eating together, we're we're kind of clear that that imp- is improves our quality of life mm-hmm. more so than trying to force ourselves to you know do something that doesn't feel sustainable for our lifestyle in this season of life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I get it. So it's totally personalized to the individual is really what you're saying. Okay. Love it. Okay. Second little belief. I don't know. This is actually a huge one. I've heard this so many times after you hit 30, like 
your body goes to shit. Your relation, like your, your weight, it, it's so easy to carry weight. It's hard to release weight. And as you just keep getting older, the more and more difficult it is going to be to release weight or lose weight or whatever. So thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think like at times, sometimes really worrying about those thoughts can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we find we're someone at any age where we're always speaking these things. So I work a lot with languaging of negative self-talk and negative phrases around food of things, those sayings that we hear like, oh, this is going to go straight to my hips. If I eat that, I'll get fat. As soon as I hit 30, I'll start gaining weight, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if that's the most constant thought that we have, then our body, just like other things with like law of attraction and what where energy goes or where focus goes, energy flows, whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever yeah, yeah, we hear you. Um, yeah, uh, it can play into, it can be a factor in what actually starts to manifest in, in our body. So if that's something, again, that feels like a daily worry or a daily struggle, I would recommend doing like affirmations around it and, and saying things like, hey, I'm, I take care of myself and my body takes care of me no matter what age I am. I am always going to be you know, moving and staying as healthy as I can at every season of life. So the, as we age, right, the reality side of it and the science side of it is, you know, yeah, as we're getting older, man, our bodies are like carrying us through these, through this world and they're, you know, they're working their way. They're the beauty side of it is that we're gaining wisdom. We're usually gaining confidence as we get older. Um, we're gaining so much. And at the same time, it can be a worry where it's like, okay, well, what's happening to my physical body? So as we're getting older, I don't even think it's 30. I think it's actually more like closer to like in our forties and fifties, like as we age as women, and this isn't a bad thing. First of all, we're always going to have a higher body fat percentage than men because we're built to, to potentially carry babies. And the way that even like, uh, our bodies work in different, um, different like reactions and processes in our bodies. We actually need more carbs uh, percentage wise than men. And we need fat. We need more fat on our body. Mm. And, and that's a healthy thing. And as we age, both men and women, the visceral fat level is what goes up. So visceral fat is what can, uh, it's like surrounding our organs. So it's like a good thing because it's protective. Um, and then at the same time, it's what we can see contribute to like our belly fat. So very high visceral fat uh, can be unhealthy and can contribute to the, the markers for potential other health concerns, right? So, uh, but as we get older and different things, it's definitely not something we need to put in our heads like, oh, as soon as I turn this age, this is going to happen. I've had like, I've had things I noticed like my, like I'm 35 now, my butt sags, I've got wrinkles on my forehead. Yes. Do I have days where like, I don't, I wish that, that, you know, those things weren't happening. Um, absolutely. And then, and I can also approach it where it's like, oh, that's, so this, this is, uh, this is the 
this is my approach. Again, I think it's different for everyone, but I think it's also a, a way to live in the world that we live in and honor some things about ourselves and make it more of a self-care thing without being like, oh, I'm down this like obsessive road and like hating everything about myself and feeling like I need to go get all the procedures <laughs> to like look younger. Mm -hmm. So the, the balances in my approach is like, the example I give is like, yeah, I curl, I have really curly hair. I curled my hair. I know we're on video and people can't see me, but I have really curly hair, but my hair is like straight right now. And it's like curled and it's like more like what you would see Norm, I know you have your naturally curly hair as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And probably there were times like growing up where like, why can't I have the straight hair? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> the mm -hmm. other girls, mm -hmm. I went through those moments. I'm wearing makeup right now. There's things that, also, I wear, I put nails on because I can tend to bite my nails and I actually have very small, like frail little nails. So these are all things that are outside of maybe what cultures, like what they describe as beautiful. So the question can be like, oh, well, Tessie, if you're a body image coach, just let everything go, right? Don't shave, grow your hair out, let your nails be natural, wear your hair the way it is. And there's a part of that that can definitely be empowering, especially if it's a part of us that we're, we're really, really hating and we're really, really wanting to change to start to learn, hey, I'm not going to change this part of me. I'm actually going to work on owning it mm -hmm. and embracing it and actually being really bluntly honest about, yep, this is me. This is the way I am. Mm -hmm. And then there could be some things like maybe it really like no one else could be in the room or maybe no one else even sees a picture of you. But if you're teeth are a little brighter, like you just feel more confident. Or if you wear a certain color lipstick, I know our girl Carla, like she loves her red lipstick. Mm -hmm. So these are, there's things, and this could be a brainstorming session that someone could do. What are some things that are within what media and culture would call like beautiful or like necessary for like beauty or what, or whatever health that, that even if society didn't say that, for whatever reason would still make me feel like really great. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what are the things that I feel are so necessary that if I didn't have them, I actually like, I wouldn't walk outside my house. Like whether it's, you know, like my lashes or my nails, right? Like I will walk outside the, the, the house with my nails. These are a choice. And I'm also very honest about like, yep, I don't like my nails. I have, you know, like really stubby nails. And so I don't know if you can feel a little bit of like that difference between something that we're so ashamed of that we just want to hide. We want to pretend it's not there. We want to just like make it go away mm -hmm. and then getting to the point where, yeah, maybe there's some things we do that kind of fit into like what society would say, oh, well, you know, you need to do that to feel pretty or whatever. Um, but it's, we don't feel like it's something we need to change uh, or maybe at this time. So it's not making it wrong mm -hmm. if you feel like you need to lose weight. It's not making it wrong if you feel like you want to tone up your shoulders, not making it wrong if you feel like you want to wear your nails or wear your makeup. But it's just giving you the opportunity to run those, what, what might feel like necessities through that question of, am I doing this for me 
or am I doing this because I won't feel good enough without it, with these things? Mm, okay. I hear you. I definitely hear you. And I can totally relate. Like I love having my nails done. I, I recently, I got lash extensions for my birthday and originally it was just going to be for my birthday, but girl, I freaking love these things. So, and, but I totally get it. Like, um, someone uh, I, like years ago reached out to me on Facebook, what they call quote unquote troll. And they were like, you say you're spiritual with your stained hair and your stained colored lips and whatever. And I just laughed. Honestly, it didn't trigger me, but it's just interesting how people just, just because, they, and they were like, oh, you could have really had potential as a spiritual coach, like implying just because I wear bright lips or I like my hair highlighted or whatever, that I'm not quote unquote spiritual enough. And that's, it's like, hello but I totally get what you're saying that if that was a thing where it's like I cannot like I have some shame and I can't like no one look at me I can't even walk out the the house without x y and z then okay there's something there so I definitely I hear what you're saying and I appreciate you sharing that and what I would love your insight on is okay so a little bit about me and with so before when I before I did the detox I I, I released, no, I didn't really actually release weight, but I toned up, you know, I had a trainer, I had a weight loss coach. I was healing my relationship with food and my body and things were going really well. You know, like I was see, feeling such progress, blah, blah, blah. Then I, my ego took over and it was very superficial, babe. Like my whole life, I've always been overweight and my whole life, I always had this ideal weight in my mind. Like once I'm 150, everything, like that is the weight, 150. And in high school, I remember I did Weight Watchers and I got to like 158 or six or something like that. So it's always been like my quote unquote goal. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do this deep because I was very close to 150. I was like, maybe I'll do this detox and get to 150. So it was very, very superficial. And I did the detox knowing that I have a history of binge eating and overeating but thinking because my mom's friend did it and she lost weight and she kept it off for a year. I didn't know that she, her doctor said, you need to lose weight or you'll die. So her why was so deep, like why she has to do this, right? And to get healthy. My why was so superficial. It was so egoic. So I did the detox, I released weight, got really close, like 156 or whatever. And girl, I was feeling myself. Oh my God. It was, it was a struggle. Like I was dreaming about desserts. I was like, <laughs> it was definitely a struggle, but I like, I would check the mirror. I was feeling myself. Then the 40 days ended and oh my God, girl, the binge eating, like no other came over like every single night, then feeling like the, like frustrated and, and disappointed in myself. And Fail like a failure because I spent like so much money in that, and it was just such such a mind fuck. And when I do the spiritual healing around it, because I had to do a lot of work around this, what came to me was that Kel, you I have a lot of history of um, losing weight, re releasing weight, gaining weight, release like yo-yo dieting, and the times where I would release weight. I would start quote unquote loving myself, right? Like, oh, love yourself, oh, but I used to, and then when I would gain weight, I, I wouldn't be in that state of loving my body and loving myself. So what I feel like the lesson was from spirit was like, you, if you are, if you don't love yourself in the here and now and accept yourself in the here and now, whenever you try to release weight, you're going to gain it back because you don't love yourself. So my question to you is, how can we accept our body and accept ourselves in the here and now while working towards a goal of either releasing weight, toning, getting more healthy, working out? Like, how can we do it at the same time? 
Yes, I love this question. And this is probably exactly what uh, my workshop is going to be about on body confidence for really? level up of it. Yes. Yay! So it's how it is that question, the ultimate question. Mm -hmm. If I'm at the point where, yes, I feel like maybe I need to lose weight, and I'm also open to at least working on how do I love myself now? Because I'm feeling like that's also a necessary part of the process and a part of already having the experience of, okay, I've gained it, lost it, gained it, lost it. And I'm clear that losing it puts me in a place of feeling more worthy or better or whatever. And I don't want to, I don't want that to happen again. Mm -hmm. I want to feel that way now. And, and the, so the, there, it's a complicated answer, but one, the exact equation that you gave is something I love to work off, which is once I weigh 150, then I'll be happy, attractive, content, as healthy as I can be, lovable, like the list goes on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. So I would invite people first to write out that equation, whatever that is for them. Once I, this, once I get my diet on track. Once I lose this many pounds, you know, we have that thought in our head, then I'll be, and then really pay attention to this part. Like what is missing? What is it that you think is at the end of that road? Then I'll be happy, lovable, sexy, confident. And the practice is to start inviting those results into your life now. And this can look like the, the example I gave where I'll have a client uh, do an exercise where they're like, well, I'm not going to buy a new outfit until I lose 20 pounds. Nope. You're going to buy the outfit right now. You're going to buy it at the size that you are. And you're going to practice feeling sexy, feeling confident at exactly the weight that your body is now because your body deserves that. Our bodies are all beautiful, right? Our body takes care of us every single day. And we're the ones here thinking that like, right. You think of like a little kid or a baby that like looks a certain way and has fat on its body. And like, no one is looking at that baby saying like, Oh, like that baby needs to lose weight. Like, no, it's so cute. Like it's, it's exactly how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Right. So what if at any season of life, our body is exactly where it's supposed to be. And our body, it does, it has wisdom. So the other piece that helps when you're feeling like, okay, I don't, if I work on my body love right now, that means I'm giving up on my weight loss journey. It doesn't have to be that. However, if you're not even open to starting to honor and embrace your body as it is right now, then the, you, this happens on shows like the biggest loser or whatever. It's, it's actually, there's like story after story of how unhealthy people are. If they lose a lot really fast because there wasn't enough of the mindset work being done and the self love work being done mm -hmm. that you're, and you're sort of like, you're not alone there, Kelly. I love that you're sharing this because it is, it's, Hey, I like, I had that thought in my head. Once I lose this much, I'll be feeling myself. Mm -hmm. And then it actually freaking happened. You kind of mm -hmm. lost a little bit and you were more feeling yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh my gosh. And like, 
So it's, and, and because you have that recognition. So I, I would also invite you to like, don't weigh yourself. Like, oh, yeah. I don't. yeah, like take that off. And it's so, uh, the other, another exercise that I invite people to do, if they're feeling like I want to work on living my body now, and I want to also still, you know, continue potentially like releasing some extra weight is to do mirror work. So it is where you would stand fully, fully as naked as you feel comfortable in front of the mirror, like a full length mirror. And the first part of the exercise, you just stand there, just, you can even set a timer for 60 seconds. If you feel like it's going to be so difficult that like you, you're not even sure how long up to, up to five minutes is usually the exercise, but you don't have to start there. Just do like 60 seconds. And it's not a self beat up session. It's a noticing session. It's a session of just literally being there with yourself and noticing all things, the neutral thoughts, the angry thoughts, the negative thoughts, the positive thoughts, the indifferent thoughts. And then after that session, you can kind of write down what came up for you. Do that on a regular basis. One minute, maybe I would say at least three times a week. And then the elevation of the noticing is to start after you, because you kind of write down what your thoughts were after is to start to piece together. What are my most common negative thoughts? Right. And maybe it's the, I hate my stomach or I wish I had a six pack or whatever. And then it's to take that statement, the one, maybe it's one, two or three different areas of the body or different statements that feel most powerfully negative and start to work on a positive switch. So now in your mirror work, you're there for one, two, three, four, five minutes, however long you can. And you still start by noticing. And then when you get to that area, maybe the thought comes up, I hate my stomach, but then you have your positive switch sentence and you're going to sit there and say that like however many times you feel in that moment. And it doesn't have to be a switch from I hate my stomach to I love my stomach. You can progress. And I love giving this step because I love affirmations. And at the same time for when it doesn't feel, when it feels so far out of reach for people, they're not going to do it. And I don't, I don't blame them. So a more neutral, uh, positive statement can be something from, I hate my stomach to, you know what? I'm grateful that I have a stomach. I'm grateful that my stomach digest my food every day. I'm grateful that I have the core muscles in my stomach that help me to walk and sit up and be active. I'm honoring, you know, my stomach. I'm, you know, I'm learning to embrace my stomach exactly as it is. And it's not going to be easy. And there's going to be days where it feels different, but when we're, when we're implementing even a little bit of that work at the same time, and we're making that weight loss almost more of a side effect. We're making it almost more of a, of a, that's my back burner goal. Cause we're usually making it the self love, the back burner goal. Um, and you know what? I also invite people like make it, make it in a, an experiment. So take one month and be like, you know what? I'm actually going to, if I've been counting calories to lose weight, I'm going to stop counting calories, but I'm weighing myself every day. I, I can, always go back to doing that. But for one month, I'm going to do my mirror work every day. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus on the self-love 
part of it and the body love part of it, I'm going to, I'm going to delete some Instagram accounts that I feel have been unhelpful. I know we talked about that, Kelly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so take a, cause that's, and that's what I'll say is I want to be, be very sensitive that to, you know, with when someone is feeling like their body needs to release weight that, um, that it can feel like the hardest invitation in the world for me to say, Oh, like don't focus on your weight loss for a month. Right. And at the same time, I've seen it with like client after client where that's the thing that at the end of that experiment, maybe they release more weight. Maybe they release a little less weight than they thought they wanted to, but even if they release no weight, they walk away from that experience actually feeling better about themselves. And that is the whole point. And if I can say to you, Kelly, like this is an outside person's perspective. And like, to me, that's the other thing, girl, is like you, I love your vulnerability that, that you're continuing to like work through these things and all of that. But like, to me, the way you show up, I see you dancing on video, like not even one ounce of me has any sort of thought of like, oh, like she like needs to lose weight or anything like that. Like exactly as you are, you glow, you're beautiful. And honestly, like your shape, not whether you gained weight or lost weight or whatever, like your shape is probably also part of what has other people resonating with you right? Like if we feel like we're a little bit outside that, that like normal, whatever our goal is, right? Like, especially as women, we have like, oh, well I need to be this weight. I need my arms to look like this. And it's like, we're not, we're, it's not us or our body or our worth that's coming up with those goals. It's outside world. So that's my, my invitation to you is continue to release that because honestly, from an outside perspective, like you exactly as you are like, yeah, girl, keep working on your health, work on your fitness, all of that. And like, I, I don't even think you need to lose weight. <laughs> like, I think you're yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I appreciate you sharing that because that's something I'm really like, I know it's energetic sexiness. Like not everything is physical sexiness. And this guy that I follow on um, Instagram, Matt Kama, he is like my Instagram crush. And I like want to manifest him as a partner, but he, he did a post of like physical sexiness versus energetic sexiness. And he's like, for example, have you ever saw someone that was very attractive and then you got to know them and then you're like ill? that was you're reading the person's energy or the opposite have you ever found someone where you weren't really attracted to them but as you got to know them and you really felt their energy they became so attractive and I'm like damn you're so right like and me knowing energy I know that's all that matters like it's the energy um so everything you were sharing was so helpful and I really want to stress a couple of things I love the whole be curious and just have an experiment without judgment like it seems very neutral an experiment it seems very like no attachment it's not emotionally charged it's very neutral and like curious and I love that you said that the other part affirmations where you're at so for me personally I feel like I'm gonna look up like what are the functions of my stomach what are the functions of my arms so that I can build up to really start expressing gratitude for the areas of my body that I'm not feeling that good with so I love that and mirror work oh my god we did an episode I did an episode of a mirror work challenge so I love everything you shared with that and I do want to stress a couple things when especially if you're new to mirror work 
yeah, you may cry. You might get very, it's a very, it could be a very emotionally charged session and that is totally normal and it's part of the healing and releasing process. So fight through the resistance. I really love this invitation that Tessie is sharing with you all to really make it a one month commitment. And you know, listen, we don't have to go all zero to a hundred, right? All or nothing. Because I know a lot of people that struggle with food tend to do that. We tend to become like this, try to do it perfect. Then Monday through Friday. No, I like how you were like, you know, three days a week, like set a time, like three times a week, but don't set yourself up for zero to a hundred. And then if you don't do it, beat yourself up. And then it just, it's not going to serve you. So I want to just like kind of almost a disclaimer for that. Like, like take it easy, everyone. And then also Tessie, I wanted to tell you that you inspired me. Like I'm going to buy jeans today because I have three pairs of jeans that one can't even button. The other one is just so freaking tight. And these were the jeans that were like my like, oh my God, I can't believe I fit in this size. Like it was such a big deal. And so I've been wearing leggings and then, you know, working from home, it's very easy not to wear pants with like buttons. So I, I've been not, no, yeah, I've been avoiding, like, let me call myself out. I've totally been avoiding. So listening to you, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to fucking buy the jeans, the high-waisted jeans in black and what, and, and like jean looking, and I'm going to rock the shit out of them. So thank you. Yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. This was so incredibly helpful. And I can't wait, like, honestly, for our level up your life during COVID virtual retreat on October 17th. I cannot wait because even when Carla, because I know you've done a lot of work with a lot of collaborations with Carla and she, thank God for Carla. I'm like, thank you for introducing Tessie to me because your work is so needed. And when she told me about you and then when you shared, oh, you're going to be talking about body confidence and how to love yourself in your skin in the here and now. I was like, sign me up. Like, I'm so excited. And honestly, I wasn't co-facilitating with you all. I would attend this event. It's so needed. Yes, I love that. I love that. And I'm so, I'm so glad as well. Like, again, yes, props to Carla because she is such the networker and like relationship builder. And she's, yeah, like the fact that she has introduced me to you and like, I've gotten to see your work in the world and like your energy and all of that. It just, it means the world and it already feels like a sisterhood and feels Aww. like, yeah, like something we'll be able to support each other for like just uh, ongoing for a long time. So I think it's, it's definitely meant to be. And, and yeah, I think anyone and for the fact that you are in your journey and as vulnerable as you are and just like open to like talking about it and thinking about trying different things like hell yeah girl and it's yeah. like yeah you'll be there you got you you're you're amazing and you're actually already on your way and you're already you already have the confidence and the energetic sexiness and honestly uh -huh. it's like <laughs> You're, you're, you're already like, you're already like right there. Thank you so much, babe. And I'm just so excited because the inner child healing is so connected to all of this. You know, me living in a Cuban household and like experience food was everything, but then also food was a source of criticism and there was so much, and I know I'm not the only one. So I love how you, me and Carla teaming up. It's like literally relationships and dating. So inner child healing related body confidence. So inner child healing related. So I just love that it's so connected and I love that it's for everyone because it's pay what you can you know like yep. where there's not a set ticket price it's just like if you're ready to go all in and level up because the universe is definitely asking us to level the f up in all areas then we got you so I'm so excited can't wait
Yay. I'm excited too. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much, Tessie Tracy, for being on the podcast today. Literally, I feel like we could have went on and on because I had so many other questions for you, but this was great. Thank you so much. You're so appreciated. And thank you for sharing your wisdom for real. You're great. Yeah, absolutely, Kelly. It was my pleasure to be here and looking forward to hopefully supporting all your listeners and uh, everyone in our universe with these tips. Yes. Oh my God. I should have said, where can people find you? Everything is going to be in the show notes and the level up your event. I mean, level up your life during COVID is going to be in the show notes, but can you just let us know? Oh yeah. 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 You guys, uh, my website is tessietracy.com. So it's T E S S I E T R A C Y.com. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Tessie Tracy. Awesome. 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 All right, sunshine. So there you have it. Till next time, sending you all so much love, light, and positive vibes. Bye.